Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles. Today, we are going to talk about the four keys to business sustainability. Joining me today is Carly Kistler-Miller. Welcome, Carly. Thanks, Miles. Now, you know, we're recording this at a time where stability seems to be more important than sustainability, but sustainability is actually crucial. And these four keys can help us unlock a true long-term sustainability for Precision Machine Shop. So true. Sustainability is really important for the long-term success, not only of our shop, but the families of our employees. And that means for our communities, and ultimately our nation as well. Solving problems is the most efficient use of your company's talent and knowledge. Who doesn't have problems in their shop? The first key for sustaining your business is to solve problems first. The effort that you and your team spend on solving the problem stops whatever that issue is from uh, overcoming your normal operations. Stopping the problem by solving it reduces the expenditures you need to make on internal quality losses such as inspection, remediation, overprocessing, and even the need for premium freight or expediting new materials for rework. Do you have a culture of problem solving in your shop? And that leads us to our second key, which is solve the problem for good. It doesn't do any good to solve the problem today and then see it return later. I mean, that's just putting a Band-Aid on it. And that's not really problem solving. It's critical to identify the root cause and then take permanent corrective actions to prevent that root cause from ever happening again. Think about what problems your team has solved forever in your shop. Can you name one, two, more? You know what, Miles? I'm going to reveal a little something here. A lot of people don't know that the way I met Miles was he was my professor in my MBA schooling. Actually, he was my favorite professor, but don't tell him that his head will get too big. Anyway, he did a lot of problem solving, teaching us how to solve problems in his class. And one of them that has stuck with me and that I've used at PMPA is the five W's and the two H's. Do you want to explain that, Miles? Oh, Carly, thanks for that, uh, that little memory. So the 5W2H method is really powerful. It's so important to me that I actually had a license plate with five W's and two H's on it. The five W's, two H's are who, what, when, where, why, how, and how many. And the only advice I have for using them is that you should always save who for last. Because in our shops, when something goes wrong, typically the first question out of the boss's mouth is, who did this, was there, saw this, made this happen? It's seldom about the who. It's usually about the process. The what, when, where, why, how, and how many, they describe the process. Until you've answered all of those four W's and two H's, save your time, and don't ask for who. There was another technique you taught us, and I know it was asking why, and then you'd ask why, and then you'd ask why. 
That was the five whys, is that right? That was the five whys. And the five why process is really a good one to get to the root causes as well. Because you don't just ask why five times, you ask why the last why happened. So you ask why, 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 in a series, just like you were back as a four-year-old. I was gonna say, they had it all figured out back when you're five, why is the sky blue? Absolutely, and the joy of this, the power of this is, it really does get you to a root cause. If you ask why enough times, you will get to some physical constant, you will get to a question of philosophy or religion, you will get to where you can't do anything more as a human being. That's when you know you found your root cause because the acceleration of gravity is this. Because there's so much oxygen in the air, this reaction can happen. Because there's heat in this process. When you get to that last why, and you were talking about physics or chemistry or theology, you found your root cause. So simple, yet so powerful. The third key to understand is that there's a difference between the lowest cost and the lowest price. The lowest cost over the long term is what we're looking for, not the lowest price over the short term. Yet, how many of us incentivize our purchasing departments to focus on the low price in the short term? Yes, you can buy cheaper tooling from a jobber. Many purchasing departments are incorrectly focused, in my opinion, on what they pay cost per tool, cost per pound of raw material, or cost per gallon for metalworking fluids. Cheap drills are no bargain if they only last for 60 or 70 holes instead of 400 or 500 per drill. To be sustainable, the company needs to have the lowest cost to produce a compliant part, a conforming part, not just the cheapest materials to make it. Does your shop reward the purchase of the cheapest inputs for the job? Or does your shop reward attaining the lowest cost for production of compliant parts? That's a great point, Miles. And the last key is to spend less time and money on maintenance by actually planning it. Spend time on the planning. After all, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Our industry is focused on reducing cycle time and setup time as it should, and without exception, every shop owner or operations manager is focused on these. But if everyone's focused on these, how does that help you? For your shop to be uniquely sustainable, why not focus on eliminating unplanned downtime and lost production time due to unexpected breakdowns? It is a truism that we get what we measure. Today, most shops have rigorous systems for ERP and operations planning, but does your shop have any process for proactive machine maintenance? When we got out of the reactive mode in my steel plant and got into planning maintenance, we truly changed the way we operated and we regularly started earning our production incentives. Unplanned maintenance stole performance bonuses from our people. By planning maintenance, there were no surprises. We earned the hours we scheduled 
and we could earn our production incentives based on the fact that the equipment was up and running. Real life example. Today, our customers expect zero defects and 100% on time delivery from every supplier. One of my favorite memories in my steel days was when I went to a buyer and he says, I get uh, zero defects and 100% on time from my ordinary suppliers. What can you do to make yourself stand out? The answer I found is to have a four-point process to get there by solving the problems that even his zero defects, 100% on time supplier hadn't solved, solving those problems for good, and maximizing the intelligent production of our parts to get to the lowest cost per part rather than the lowest price per input. Eliminating unplanned downtime actually guaranteed that 100% on time delivery as well. That ends our Four Keys for Business Sustainability podcast. Thank you for joining me. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org. And don't forget to join me next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.